No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Lord responds to Jeremiah's prayer, saying that he will not relent from bringing destruction. Jeremiah prays for vindication and God reassures him. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Jeremiah chapter 15 on Simply the Bible. In chapter 14, God told Jeremiah of the destruction that would soon come upon Judah. Jeremiah interceded for his people, praying that God would remember his covenant and show them mercy. Now we continue in chapter 15, where God responds to Jeremiah's prayer. Then the Lord said to me, even if Moses and Samuel stood before me, my mind would not be favorable toward this people. Cast them out of my sight and let them go forth. So not even Moses or Samuel, who were great intercessors, could have persuaded God to turn from his course of bringing disaster. Even so, God would not listen to Jeremiah as he interceded. God's mind was made up, and this time he would not relent. The people had gone too far. And it shall be, if they say to you, where should we go? Then you shall tell them, thus says the Lord, such as are for death to death, and such as as for the sword to the sword, and such as are for the famine to the famine, and such as are for the captivity to the captivity. And I will appoint over them four forms of destruction, says the Lord, the sword to slay, the dogs to drag, the birds of the heavens and the beasts of the earth to devour and destroy. I will hand them over to trouble to all kingdoms of the earth because of Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah, king of Judah, for what he did in Jerusalem. As the encroaching disaster seemed inevitable, the people would finally ask Jeremiah, where should we go? Before the devastation, they weren't interested in listening to him, but now they would seek his advice. But there would be no way of escape. There weren't a lot of great options because the people would be appointed to death, probably from the pestilence or to the Babylonian sword or to famine from the drought and the siege. Finally, the remnant that survived would go into captivity. We find a similar destiny for the people living in the world during the Great Tribulation. In Revelation 13, 9, it says, If anyone has an ear, let him hear. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. So there is a divine destiny based upon one's heart attitude toward God and their willingness to obey him. And whatever God decides, no one can escape that destiny. That's why if we hear the Lord's voice today, then we should repent today and believe and change our destiny. Now those bodies that fell by the sword would be drug away by dogs, eaten by scavenger birds, or by other wild beasts. This would hardly be a proper burial. God would not relent from his course of judgment because of the sins of Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah. Now, Hezekiah was a good king, but the son born to him late in life was worse than any king of Judah before him. Manasseh built altars to the host of heaven in the temple courts, 
and he used witchcraft and consulted with mediums. He even sacrificed his own son in the fire to Molech. And he put a carved image of Asherah in the house of the Lord. Manasseh's abominations also led the entire nation into depravity and idolatry. For who will have pity on you, O Jerusalem? Or who will bemoan you? Or who will turn aside to ask how you are doing? You have forsaken me, says the Lord. You have gone backward. Therefore, I will stretch out my hand against you and destroy you. I am weary of relenting, and I will winnow them with a winnowing fan in the gates of the land. I will bereave them of children. I will destroy my people, since they do not return from their ways. So who would have pity on Judah? The surrounding nations had either betrayed or despised them. The only one who had compassion on them was the Lord, and they forsook him. They had no one else to turn to. In forsaking the Lord, they had gone backward. Now, people think they are being so progressive in moving out beyond the Judeo-Christian values, but in fact, they are going backward and downward to destruction. God had given them so many opportunities to turn At times, they would seem to respond, but their changes were only superficial. And God was weary of relenting from the judgment that he proclaimed he would bring. If he did not act, then they would corrupt even more people with their wickedness. Now God would winnow them, dividing the worthless chaff from the wheat. It would only be through harsh discipline that the nation would be saved. God would destroy the flesh to save the spirit of the nation. And then in 70 years, he would bring back a remnant of the faithful. Their widows will be increased to me more than the sands of the seas. I will bring against them, against the mother of the young men, a plunderer at noonday. I will cause anguish and terror to fall on them suddenly. She languishes who has borne seven. She has breathed her last. Her son has gone down while it was yet day. She has been ashamed and confounded. And the remnant of them I will deliver to the sword before their enemies, says the Lord. Because so many of the men of Judah would be killed with the sword, the number of widows would dramatically increase. And mothers would be bereaved of their sons. The mother who bore seven sons, who would normally be considered to be abundantly blessed, would be filled with unbearable grief as she saw her sons die. Then, as she breathed her last in sorrow, she would see the remnant going into captivity. The heading now for verses 10 through 18 in my Bible says, Jeremiah's dejection. Webster's defines dejection as lowness of spirits. The idea is that Jeremiah was downcast and depressed. Woe is me, my mother, that you have borne me, a man of strife and a man of contention to the whole earth. I have neither lent for interest, nor have men lent to me for interest. Every one of them curses me. Picking up on the idea of mother's grieving, Jeremiah calls out to his own mother, saying that it would have been better if he had never been born. Jeremiah didn't owe people money, nor was he an annoying creditor trying to collect, yet everyone cursed him. 
he had sought to keep the word of God and tell them the truth, and they despised him for it. The Lord said, Surely it will be well with your remnant. Surely I will cause the enemy to intercede with you in the time of adversity and in the time of affliction. Can anyone break iron? The northern iron and the bronze, your wealth and your treasures I will give as plunder without price because of all your sins throughout your territories. And I will make you cross over with your enemies into a land which you do not know. For a fire is kindled in my anger, which shall burn upon you. So first the Lord comforted Jeremiah by telling him that it would ultimately go well with him. And in the day of disaster, God would cause his enemies to actually seek his help. God does not spare his people from affliction, but he does deliver them and use the affliction for good. To the people of Judah, the Babylonians would be as unbreakable as iron or bronze, and he would give their wealth to these plunderers and take them to a land that they did not know, namely Babylon. O Lord, you know, remember me and visit me and take vengeance for me on my persecutors. In your enduring patience, do not take me away. Know that for your sake I have suffered rebuke. Now, Jeremiah was becoming impatient with all of this, and he couldn't understand why things were so difficult. He sought to do the right thing and yet suffered for it. So he, he said, don't take me away. Well, actually, the Lord didn't take Jeremiah away. He would get to stay in the land when others went into captivity. Your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. I did not sit in the assembly of the mockers, nor did I rejoice. I sat alone because of your hand, for you have filled me with indignation. So Jeremiah looked at the word of God as food to eat. He said, I ate your words, and they were even the joy of my heart. I did what you wanted me to do. I didn't sit with the mockers, I, I stayed by myself because I knew that your hand was with me and you filled me with indignation over their practices. Why is my pain perpetual and my wound incurable, which refuses to be healed? Will you surely be to me like an unreliable stream as waters that fail? Jeremiah didn't understand the pain was perpetual. It wasn't going away. It wasn't lessening and his wound was never healing. And so Jeremiah had trusted in the Lord, but the Lord had not met his expectations. So he complained, will you be to me like an unreliable stream or waters that fail, like a stream that dries up in the summer? Jeremiah was downcast, but at least Jeremiah was honest with God and he poured out his heart and soul to the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, if you return, then I will bring you back. You shall stand before me. If you take out the precious from the vial, you shall be as my mouth. Let them return to you, but you must not return to them. And I will make you to this people a fortified bronze wall, and they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you to save you and deliver you, says the Lord. I will deliver you from the hand of the wicked, and I will redeem you from the grip of the terrible." 
So in effect, the Lord was saying to Jeremiah, you need to repent. You need to return to me and to my calling on your life. And you need to stop uttering worthless words and start speaking worthy ones if you want to continue to be my spokesman. And so the Lord really wasn't allowing Jeremiah to have a pity party. But he said, listen, if you will turn back to me and you'll trust me and keep on trusting me, then I will make you as a fortified bronze wall to the people. They will fight against you, but they won't prevail. And they will ultimately return to you, but you must not turn to them. You must not weaken. You must be strong in the word and in the authority that I've given you. And then I will save and deliver you. Now, Warren Wiersbe writes, Jeremiah had to learn to walk by faith which meant obeying God's word no matter how he felt, what he saw, or what others might do to him. God never promised Jeremiah an easy job, but he did promise him all that he needed to do his work faithfully. And what was true for Jeremiah is true for us. God has not promised that it will be easy. In fact, Jesus said that if they hated him, they will hate us as well. If they listened to him, They will listen to us. Jesus has begun a good work in us and he will bring it to completion in his time and in his way. So regardless of what happens, don't lose heart. The final chapter hasn't been written yet. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify and please leave us a review. Tomorrow we will see that the Lord tells Jeremiah not to marry nor mourn for the people. Disaster shall soon come and gladness shall cease. But God will restore Israel in the future. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Jeremiah on Simply the Bible.